There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside Special Teams, the podcast where me, Jason Smith, and Mike Harmon go over special teams from specific years in sports. We're going back into the 1980s now, which is a fun time to go. There were so many wide open, fun games to get to. And this week, we're going to look back at what many people say could be the greatest college football game of the past 50 years. The 1980 Holiday Bowl, also known as the Miracle Bowl, a game which pitted the BYU Cougars against the SMU Mustangs. This is the early days of the Pony Express and Craig James and Eric Dickerson and Lance McElhaney, a quarterback against the BYU Cougars and Jim McMahon. This back when BYU was the Boise State of college football, where every year BYU would win a lot of games in the whack and there would be the question of do they deserve to win a national championship or not? And we debated, debated, debated. This is a big five, six year run for BYU. And one future podcast we'll get into the year they actually did win the national title but this game a 46 45 win by BYU over SMU had absolutely everything in it including the late comeback by Mike Harmon's favorite NFL quarterback of all time Jim McMahon well he does rank up there any guy that'll rock a headband that questions authority and thumbs sure. at the NFL commissioner is all good by me blank you Rose Elamador a headband with your name on it think about it that was the first time you had helicopters going over and trying to get pictures Mm -hmm. what was going on, or at least that's the, as early as I remember it. But as you say, I mean, this this was the BYU squad that perennial double-digit victories and always the hand-wringing of, all right, we keep them out, right? And then you started <laughs> doing all this other math, and as they kept changing the systems, you kept opening the door just a little bit. 
Yeah, they, they were right. the they were the original of the outside the Power Five conferences. How legit are they? And you know, they with the offense they had, Lavelle Edwards was an incredible head coach. You talked about their schedule. All right, they're playing teams in the WAC. They would get outside the WAC once in a while, but is it enough to really show them and 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 spotlight them as one of the best teams in college football? And honestly, this game is the one that really put them on the map because at this point the holiday bowl is only in its third season right the holiday bowl the byu mm-hmm. tradition they're there every year they play in the middle of december that was the holiday bowl but it's only in its third year you know the WAC champion is committed to go there and this is byu winning its fifth straight conference title but they hadn't won the holiday bowl yet you know this is the year they started out they lost opening week to new mexico which they finished four and seven you look back and go how the hell did that happen? Yeah, he I mean, was I, I 11 was and 1. Back. They lost to New Mexico opening week. How the hell did they pull that off? Yeah, going back through that game, I mean, you had a bunch of sacks. So, I mean, that, that was commonplace. So, it, you know, offsetting your rushing total. Uh, but the, the rushing attack didn't exist. They had 15 penalties for 122 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you hang a star on that one. But, you know, they, they won the turnover battle. In a big way, five to two, the final there, but it didn't matter. Uh, New Mexico, just enough to eke out a victory. Jim McMahon and with, with a single, well, he had two touchdowns on the day, but just a bunch of field goals. A guy named Pete Parks for the victory. Just, uh, he's a legend. Uh, and I'm sure they bronzed his foot and put it in a trophy case at the end of the season. Go see how good they were and how prolific they were. We got them. And TJ Pete Parks and wrecked BYU week one. Okay. Uh, Ooh, nicely done. It was a question of whether you were going to go there uh-huh. or were you going to go and uh, turn it into Peter Parker? Uh, or I go Parks Department. I could have done that too. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> no summer job for Parks departmentalizing the win over BYU. So if BYU somehow wins that game, we're having the national championship conversation for BYU four years earlier. Four, now, maybe not. Four, maybe, but, maybe not. Maybe they win that one, and then somewhere they slip up down the road. Yeah, right? True, sure. But, but if yeah. you beat a four and seven team and you win the rest of your games, you're having the national championship conversation because they were that good. They blew out everybody they played. They led college football in total offense over 500 yards a game, scoring 46 points a game, passing yards, 409 yards a game. I mean, people forget how good and prolific Jim McMahon was. We remember him as this great leader and and emotionally what he was for the Chicago Bears. But in college, I mean, he was throwing for 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. I mean, he had a phenomenal collegiate career. Steve Young was a freshman backup on this team. Andy Reid was on the offensive line. Bart Oates, Vaisikahema, Tom Homo, Kyle Whittingham, who's now the head coach at Utah, but McMahon was the star of this team, and he winds up going number five overall to the Bears a couple of years later, but he remember, he came into the league like, he's going to be the next big superstar. He's going to be Dan Marino. The numbers he put in, these electric numbers he's putting up in college, he's going to do in the NFL. That was the hype around Jim McMahon in 1980-1981. Well, and that curiosity of how that was going to work, because at that point, you still got a couple of years of Walter Payton left. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. As you're flowing through and it's always been a run heavy offense. Look, and most we don't need to go into a deep dive of Bears quarterbacking through the years. <laughs> and now the Vince Evans years. Well, I mean, look, when it, when it's all said and done, as much people as people hate uh, on Jay Cutler, 
you, you, you can make the argument pretty easily. He was the best quarterback <laughs> they've seen since Sid Luckman. Uh, but McMahon with the, the braggadocious style. But, I mean, go back to his stats, as you mentioned, 47 touchdowns. And this is the thing that's, that's the curiosity for me. 47 touchdowns, 18 picks in his junior year. But he completed almost 64% of his throws, 4,500-plus yards. And then he comes back, and in that... 80 in the 81 season completes 64 percent of his passes again 30 touchdowns seven picks so i mean you're talking about winging it around uh and getting after it certainly for chicago fans they're expecting big things of an aerial assault but we also know that's where wide receivers go to die right (laughs) how many guys have been quoted as saying that through the years and why it's difficult to get people to come play at a frozen Chicago lakefront for half of your season. So, uh, but Jim McMahon, always uh, a character and plenty of stories in the naked city with him. So BYU comes into this game 11 and one Mac champions, and they take on SMU eight and three in the Southwest conference. And this was the early days, as I said, of the pony express, the most famous team in SMU history, Craig James, who went on to the NFL and, and you see him announcing everywhere. And Eric Dickerson, who went on to a hall of fame career in the national football league. They had the yeah, Eric Dickerson, friend of our show, Eric Dickerson, we have him on all the time, gave us big headlines a couple of years ago with some, fun stuff but he made um, he exacted some change <laughs> in los angeles he got his revenge on 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 jeff fisher that's for sure yeah, that's right uh but this was the most prolific running offense in college football and you have the most prolific passing offense in college football i mean the pony express was really both of them you you think well was it really dickerson was the main guy no it wasn't all right this year when they were both sophomores right this is the first year of their breakout years james ran for 896 yards five yards a carry six touchdowns. Dickerson was very similar. 928 yards, five yards per carry, five touchdowns. Their true breakout, which we'll get into later on, was a year away, but they really shared the load throughout the time. So that's why this was a, the pony, the both of them, who could you stop? You know, both of them with, with different skill sets and, and Dickerson was so powerful and so smooth and James was so tough and he was deceptively fast and, and it, it, you couldn't stop SMU. And they, they got into bigger let's say controversies and bigger play on the field in subsequent (laughs) years. But this was like, okay, they got something special going on here at SMU as far as getting on the field and winning games. Now staying away from controversy, that's something completely different, but you could tell on the field, okay, they're really good. They got something going on here. Yeah, we can get back into controversies, death penalties, and others. Uh, Put that down for a future special team podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, you you look at it here, you you mentioned McElhinney, And Mike Ford, the other quarterback, I mean, they combined to throw for 1,250 yards. Yeah. Right? 11 touchdowns, nine interceptions between them. That's how much they relied on this running. In a season. (laughs) In a season. No, exactly. Uh, Ford completed 47% of his pass attempts. McElhaney. 41.5. 41.5. Yeah. Not, not a 22 of 53. Not, not looking to chuck it downfield doing that two step. Uh, well, I mean, kind of like you would do in, 
if you want to do a little bit of line dancing and stuff. So it is the Miracle Bowl is all set to go. What it's known now as, well, specifically for BYU teams, I don't think they say the same thing at SMU. The comeback for the ages. We get into it, how it happened and how maybe it shouldn't have happened. Coming up next on Special Teams. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The game on Mislu Sports Network announcers Ray Scott and Grady Alderman, the 1980 Holiday Bowl. Featuring the BYU Cougars against the SMU Mustangs. We thought we'd see a lot of offense in this game. And early on, and for most of the game, we did. And most of it came from SMU. It was a huge high-scoring game. And SMU controlled this game deep into the fourth quarter. Craig James goes off. 225 yards rushing in this game. Eric Dickerson runs for 110. You can see the highlights and see the the, the story of this game uh, many places on the internet. It was an unstoppable night for their running game. They got up 19-0, 29-7. They were up 45-25 after James's 42-yard touchdown run with four minutes to go. So think about this. This is where our jumping off point is. Craig James runs for a 42-yard touchdown with four minutes left, and they lead the game 45-25. Four minutes left to go. 45-25. SMU total runs for 393 yards. BYU runs for minus two. That's the, yeah, that, that's that the number at the up. end of the game. SMU finished with 53 yards passing. 
And just to, t- <laughs> to tell you how offense, how much offense you could have running the football, SMU was everything on the ground, nothing through the air. BYU was the opposite. And until this point in the game, it was all SMU. They ran all over BYU, and you have a 20-point lead with four minutes left to go. Fans are leaving the stadium at this point because, all right, it's over. Uh, we're done. Look, this game's in San Diego, and it's an easier commute for BYU fans. It's still SMU. You can get there, but it's Dallas compared to Utah. And right. fans were leaving, and Jim McMahon starts screaming at the fans, the game isn't over. Now, hey, as big a BYU fan as I might have been, I'd have looked and said, dude, come on, man, really? What's in that Gatorade on the sideline? We're down by 20. <laughs> We've been terrible all night. All right? We've scored uh, a 7, 6, and 6 in each quarter. We're really going to win this game? McMahon, what is wrong with you? And, well, Jim McMahon turned out to be right. But still well, at the time, you know, I would have said, winging it around. what are you doing? Right? I mean, you mentioned some of the stats. I mean, when you go through and, and you get to the end point of this game, total net yards there's a two yard differential. Yeah. Right. SMU, two more yards. You would think the run game of Dickerson and James, the way they've dominated, they ran the ball 66 times time of possession and a number of plays. There's not a whole lot of differential number of offensive plays was a difference of four. Yeah. It was Despite very even. Well, look, it's a one point game running. on the scoreboard, right? One team runs, one team. It was it was even all the way. It's about as even a classic and a comeback game as you could possibly get. There's no one number that stands out so far over the rest. Well, McMahon's passing yards. What about Craig James rushing yards? I mean, you can you can go back and forth with all of that thing all day. It was that equal a game. Mm. Well, just fantastic on its display, right? Because now we celebrate. What they they get called as the lesser bowl games. Yeah. The afterthoughts or the for gamblers only, I think, is the subtitle for a lot of it anymore. Uh, or, or the obviously the alma maters. People get excited. Don't uh, don't come at me uh, at Swollen Dome if you feel, feel like you need to. Uh, but the idea being that they, the throwaways. But as long as there's some scoring, you're going to tune in. Especially the bowl games before Christmas. This is the beginning of of the bowl season because the the holiday bowl was always the week before Christmas. This game was on December 19th, 1980. So it was the beginning of the bowl season when you have that excitement level of, okay, we got college football where everybody's close to getting time off. I'm going to be off and be home with my family. And, you know, then you get into the bowl games after uh, the 25th when you're off from work and you get to see this. But, you know, there's a special spot for the holiday. But, hey, it's one of the first big early bowl games. And, you know, people who are watching on Ms. Lou Sports, hey, you, you got an absolute thriller. I may or may not have enjoyed a Holiday Bowl win in my uh, <laughs> recent past from my alma mater. <laughs> so here's where we're at. 45-25, SMU with the lead, four minutes left to go. BYU gets the ball back, and they drive down the field, not surprising. McMahon throws a touchdown to Matt Braga. And if you see this play, you can see clearly the ball hits the ground. Should not have been a touchdown. But in 1980, without the benefit of replay or the referees in the right spot, eh, this counts. McMahon Get is up running. And sell, 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 baby. <laughs> McMahon is running against his body, so he's 
not running to the right. He's running to the left, so he's got to square his shoulders and throw. And McMahon even says, hey, the one thing I could do better than anybody at quarterback was roll out and throw the football because I learned from a very young age how to square my shoulders and throw while I'm running. So I knew I, I, I did that great, and I think he wanted to do that more with the Chicago Bears and, and on in his career. But this play, you can see it's on display. He's running away from his power, and he throws a laser that only goes in one spot where his player is going to get it or it's going to hit the ground, and it's low to the ground. And you can see Brock gets his hand under it, but you see the ball bounce and helmet ground, but still, hey, the arms go up, touchdown BYU. This makes it 45-32, and at this point it's like, well, okay, you had a touchdown, but you know, you're still down by 13 with you know under three minutes left to go. This game really isn't going to happen for you. Still thinking you're going to be able to salt it away, especially with that run game. Mm-hmm. The way it's been and the number of yards that we've seen churned away from James and Dickerson over the course of the day. But if you've got a guy with no conscience, and that's the one thing with McMahon uh, as, as a quarterback, if he had it in his hands, uh, willing to wing it uh, at any time. Now, you mentioned his career with Chicago Bears. goes back to personnel and, well, who do you trust uh, in that whole thing, because Willie Galt was fast, but you know a lot of times uh, he wouldn't close the hands. Dude, you had Ken uh, Marjoram. Come on, man, you had Ken. Oh, okay, sorry. And, yeah, no, celebrating him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, get way to get the obscure. Bears tight end. You want to get Emery Moorhead in while we're oh at sure, it? A former Giant, former Bear Emery Moorhead. Nicely done. Was he married to Agnes Moorhead? I don't think so, right? She was a lot older for him. You know, for the purposes of this conversation. Why not? uh, Happy uh, nuptials. So BYU scores a touchdown, 45-32. They onside kick. And they do an onside kick where it's the kicker who kicks it about 10 yards in front of them, and the players run up to form that protective cone. So as soon as the ball gets past the 10-yard line, either the kicker or the player next to him can jump on the football. This works to perfection because SMU does doesn't have anybody near the football, so BYU recovers. It works. They drive down the field. A touchdown run by Scott Phillips makes it 45-39, and oh my goodness, this is now a game. They try the onside kick again, and if it works once, why not try it again, right? Instead of a different onside kick, we're going to do it again. So they do the exact same kick, except this time, SMU, and you know, listen, Ron Meyer was a pretty good head coach. Uh, He says, listen, if they do that again, I'm sure he said, if they do that again, Run forward and get the ball before it goes 10 yards. And that's exactly what happens. They run the same onside kick. Two SMU players jump forward before the ball goes 10 yards. They jump on it. They have it. And you think, okay, this game is over. This has been fun by BYU. They're back within a touchdown. But really, this is going to be it now because SMU has the running backs. They've been doing it all night long. And this game is over. Well, you think you'll be able to salt it away. You just need the possession. Uh, how do you not cover up onside kicks repeatedly is... Uh... Well, you'd be fired on the spot now Yeah, uh, with the coverage. <laughs> I mean, you'd have a fall guy. Special teams guy would go and probably another assistant coach uh, just for giggles. But, you know, watching the, the replays of this and, and the highlights as you roll through, it, it's always the curiosity. Like, the, the kicker's not being sneaky. 
Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's not one of those misdirections where I'm going to start running one way and start running the other way. No, no, I'm just going to do it this way. And it works great the first time. Hey, let's do it again. Oh, uh, well, except this time they they're ready never for expect it. us to do that again. <laughs> That'd be too stupid. So let's do it. Uh, so SMU has the ball. And, okay, it's easy for them to run out the clock, except it's not. They can't get a first down. Eric Dickerson is tackled as he tries to take a sweep outside on third down. So now they have to punt. But it shouldn't really matter, right? Because SMU is punting with 13 seconds left in the game. They shouldn't have to worry about it, right? There's less than 20 seconds to go. We just punt the ball down. It's over. You know, no, no team in 1980 could go down the field in 10 seconds without timeouts. All you got to do is punt the ball away. But if you ask Jim Harbaugh, hey, how easy is it to just punt the ball and win a football game over Michigan State? Oh. Uh, too soon? Too soon for that one? Is Look it too at soon? you. Is it too soon? You better uh, hope your wife doesn't listen. No, no. Well, well, I'll just tell her to skip over this part. I'll say, oh, okay. hey, listen to the first segment, then skip a little bit in the beginning of the second, <laughs> then listen at the end. Great uh, call. So all they got to do is punt the ball downfield, except they can't. BYU gets through, a couple of guys get through, and they block the punt with 13 seconds left. They have the ball at SMU's 41-yard line. I mean, if you're SMU, it's grab the ball, take one step and punt, even if it goes 20 yards. What do you, I mean, you, you have the ball, we're at the middle of the field. The ball's going to be at the 20 yard line. All you got to do is punt it. So just don't worry about getting it, getting it. Just grab it one and kick it. Even if it goes just past the line of scrimmage, more time is going to tick off the clock. There's going to be 10 seconds left. They're going to have the ball at their own 30 yard line. The game is over. But they get through, they block it, and now BYU has it 13 seconds left, and they're at the 41 yard line. They have time for a couple of plays. And you're Comes thinking right up the gut, untouched. Yeah, it's on it's, the block. It's amazing how, how you blow that that blocking coverage right there. When you should have everybody's in, nobody gets in. We don't don't have to worry about anybody releasing. We want to make sure we protect the punter because we just gotta punt it. That's all we have to do is punt the just football. Just get the ball out. Your returner's set up on the 10 yard line. Mm. I mean, everything is set up perfectly, and then you completely biff a blocking assignment. Mm. Unbelievable. So now 13 seconds left, and McMahon, you're thinking, okay, this could really be a miracle. 45-39, but what are they going to do? First play, McMahon throws a crossing pattern incomplete across the field. All right, well, that, that didn't work. Second play was a Hail Mary. McMahon throws it down, and it's not even close, and you can tell already the celebration looks to be going on with SMU. There's time for one more play. And now before the result of this play, we, we get to the result of this play, they have one last chance, and it's another Hail Mary, because you have to at this point, because there's no other time left. McMahon throws this ball downfield, and this is where when I see him play, if you want to say what did McMahon look like in, in college, if I wanted to get an opinion, he looked a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo. And we talk about Garoppolo a lot on the show, and Garoppolo sometimes doesn't really step into his throws. As I said, a lot of times I think he is shying away. He can't step in and take the big hit. He doesn't want to. He's not a guy that's going to sacrifice his body for a big throw, but his arm is so strong. He's got such strong hips. He just kind of slings it, and the ball gets out pretty fast. That's kind of how Jim McMahon throws this Hail Mary downfield. And he throws it a little bit earlier because he can sense the rush coming from his left. He doesn't step into it, but he just kind of hips it and he throws it up and it's a big regular Hail Mary throw. But that's what it reminded me of. You see him throw it's Yeah, he's got that hip action movement. He throws a little bit early, just like Garoppolo likes to do. And he gets the ball to the end zone. So if, if I'm thinking of who McMahon was like in college, because clearly he was a different guy in the NFL, not as dynamic and Garoppolo at least has some dynamic games. It, that's 
that's kind of what he reminds me of with his body type because he was still really thin at this point. He was able to move a bit. He got out and threw outside the tackles a lot. Garoppolo is who he kind of reminds me of here. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an apt comparison, I think. We see with Garoppolo, there's a big arm. Just a question of sometimes, as you said, either doesn't want to step into the throw and take the extra hit, yet he'll take the extra hit on the sideline. And McMahon was the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the funny thing, right? Is he's a guy that would tuck the ball and, and try to get the extra yards. And we, we saw many a defender to have their way with him, both as a runner and in the pocket, uh, oftentimes after the play should have been blown dead. Uh, but, and I'm thinking about you Packer fans right there, <laughs> but the, the idea with Garoppolo, it, it's the same, right? Runs a bit and has that, he just flips it, right? That wrist action that we talk about and that arm strength. I mean, the stuff you can't teach and that it's just a matter of the, the fundamentals from there with McMahon that never materialized. He was a great leader and winner, but not a guy that could stay healthy. And we've already seen Garoppolo go down once for, you know, not getting out of bounds. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how he, his career unfolds as, as it rolls through, uh, whether he starts wearing headbands and speaking out <laughs> against anybody, uh, his nightlife. I mean, we've seen him get a little loose there. Sure. So we at least sure. have that going. For yeah. Him. But yeah, the, the effortless throws, I mean, just kind of flipping it to the end zone from midfield from McMahon here, something bears fans are scratching their heads going, where was, where was this guy? Where was this guy? How much we didn't see more of this. So time back in now to the final play of the game where McMahon drops back and it's a quicker Hail Mary throw. When you see it now, uh, generally a quarterback drops back. He he buys enough time for his receivers to all get downfield so it can be a true jump ball in the end zone. You want a deflection. You want a tall player down there to be able to go up and grab it. So usually the plays take a little bit longer to develop and everybody gets down there and, and you jump. McMahon throws this ball early. Because he's got the rush coming and and he chucks it up. And because he throws it early, this play succeeds. Clay Brown is a tight end and he's running right down the middle of the field and he's run by two defenders who are chasing him. They haven't gotten to the end zone yet to be able to stop and turn around because McMahon has thrown this ball pretty fast. And now you have the two defensive backs who are in the middle of the end zone, looking up at the ball coming down. So picture this, you have the receiver. It's like, it's like uh, the five, the, how the dice are on a, on the number five on, on a die. You have the two dots on the top, the dot in the middle, and then the two dots on the bottom. This is what it looks like. So you have two players who haven't had a chance to get to the end zone to turn and look up. So they're out of the play and now you have the two defensive backs who had lined up there and they see the ball coming towards them brown runs and he stops in front of them and turns around and there's not a lot of time the dbs don't move and jostle for better position they allow brown to get down stop in front of them and turn around and he does a great job blocking them away from the ball look he's a tight end he's big he goes up and it's not even a difficult play the defensive backs kind of just go up with their arms up and they're behind the ball so they can't do anything and Brown comes down with it touchdown game is tied everybody's running on the field Lavelle Edwards running around and saying we have the extra point we have the extra point but here's a Hail Mary touchdown and the the people in the stands left in the stands are going nuts because now you have had a a 45-25 deficit with four minutes left to go completely erased and an extra point away from winning this game it was amazing but sometimes when you throw the ball up a little bit earlier you can get things and catch the defense a little bit off guard and that's what happened here. 
I've now probably watched this play 40 times in preparation for this podcast. And for the life of me, I don't know what the DBs are yeah, doing. They're, they're still just standing there. I'm going to, I'm going to stand here, <laughs> but like they totally misjudge the arc uh, of the ball mm-hmm. and are still backpedaling. Now forget the linebackers and everything that, that he dusts off the line. And we'll, we'll get to the, where are they now uh, uh, of Mr. Brown here in a little bit, but it, it's just incredible because it's one guy against five, right? There's no other yeah. receivers in yeah. this play. Right, it's I not said it's just usual. Him. Hey, hope for a tip ball, and here we are. It's literally one guy in between a sea of opponent jerseys, and the referee comes over definitively, like, "Yeah, he got you." <laughs> and you can just see all the defenders looking at each other, like, "How'd you not get a hand on the ball? How did <laughs> where you, were you guys? Where, 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 where are you guys doing here?" Nobody was looking for the ball coming out because they were all. I'm sure they were all surprised it was coming out this early. Nobody ran. There was no help. There was no. It was a very fast hail mary from drop back throw, and here's a catch. It was it was stunning how quick it was. And now here you go. You still have to calm down and kick the extra point. All right. And, and look, back in 1980, extra points were still automatic, but this is still college. There's a lot of pressure. They're kids, except the, they line up out there for the extra point. Kurt Gunther makes it on the final play. BYU wins. The total number of yards passing for Jim McMahon is at 446. And they win a game that many people will tell you, boy, this is the most exciting finish, the most exciting bowl game ever. And I can't tell you you're wrong. This win really put BYU on the map as, boy, not only are they a really good team, but look how exciting they are. And, and, and BYU really took off from here. 21 points in the final four minutes, one onside kick, one defensive stop, three touchdowns, and you turn a 45-25 loss where you could have easily just said, you know what, we're done. We're going home. It's not our game. We're going to be 11-2. and Everything is going to be fine. And instead, you have McMahon, the legend of McMahon, yelling to the stands, the game's not over yet, and he goes and wins this game. At this point, walking around campus and, 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 and teams have to be looking at him going, boy, this guy can do anything. Whatever he says i'm gonna follow him and and the the leader jim mcmahon is now born into public consciousness well i mean that's a big deal in 1980 imagine this guy on a televised game in 2020 right Mm -hmm. this is the anti-matt hasselbeck we want the ball and we're gonna win this is a guy that says we're down 20 we're coming back to get this game so shut up, sit down, and enjoy it, and <laughs> backs that up. I mean, you become a legend on, on so many other levels. I mean, McMahon, for the time, because we didn't have the same level of coverage, right? So you didn't know all about him because you're thinking, this guy's at BYU. This guy's at BYU, yeah. especially yeah. as you got to know Jim McMahon a little more as you got to the draft process and his arrival to Chicago, That just a, a different cat. Yeah, yeah, you think a guy like this, kinda... what, he showed up for the first uh, uh, his first meeting with coaches in Chicago drinking a beer because yeah. he was so happy to be out of the strict regime that he had at BYU. Hey, I'm going to bring a beer to my first meeting with my coaches. If I'm not mistaken, like his big thing was he always had one of those little coolers, like the little like lunch ones that had <laughs> space for six beers. Like that, that was his, his accompaniment. He's going to take it with uh, me. <laughs> just a character man he he was i remember training camp and watching kids like he was the pied piper looking up at him as a hero me i'm a nerd i'm i'm looking for the 
you know, the, the linemen, the wideouts and everybody else. I'm not going where the rest of the crowd is. Cause I can go talk to these other guys as a kid, uh, where, where Reevy story almost ran me over and gave me the best life advice, Smith. Okay. Never stand in front of the pulling guard. Oh, that's, that's good advice. That Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Advice. That's good advice. <laughs> well, you got that too. Uh, <laughs> so certainly in that process. But I got, I got a great little uh, Kurt Gunther story for you here. Oh, okay. Where are good. they now? It's like, how is he in the moment? Okay. Uh, their kicker, Dave Taylor, was ruled ineligible. So Gunther, sophomore walk-on, literally pulled out of Stats 101. This was He was studying accounting. Uh, so he goes to the season open, forgets his helmet. Somehow his helmet gets forgotten. I'm a kicker, somebody, right? I don't need a helmet, right? I can just so, stick with that. Oh, I need a break, helmet. They get a, get a guy with a, a, a friend of the program on a private jet to get him his helmet, you know, when he first starts kicking for them, which is great. Not for this game, but just the general of here's my genesis. But because of this, he ends up getting two years on scholarship and the bonus to finish his accounting degree. <laughs> So he ends up getting the third year to to help finish his course of studies. So, like, just a legend. I found some great stories on him uh, just talking about how odd it was becoming the walk-on because they suddenly needed a kicker and getting this opportunity, and he's now part of one of the big moments in college football history. BYU wins the Miracle Bowl, 46-45. Coming up next, a little where are they now? More on Jim McMahon, more on what happened to SMU, and maybe how the luckiest guy involved in this game was the play-by-play guy. It's coming up next on Special Teams. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <laughs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
The aftermath of BYU's 46-45 win, let's begin with the final call of the Jim McMahon Hail Mary. Ray Scott, play-by-play guy, gets to call this game. Here's the thing. He had just called a big Minnesota Vikings win over the Cleveland Browns a few days ago that ended with Tommy Kramer throwing a Hail Mary to Ahmad Rashad that put the Vikings in the playoffs. So he gets to call that a very famous Hail Mary. You've seen it many times, and maybe we'll do a, a future special teams on that game because that was a fun game. Uh, well, we'll just talk about Ahmad Rashad. Sure. Rewind. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. I remember when Ahmad Rashad hosted the mole on ABC. Uh, so he gets to call that Hail Mary. He calls this Hail Mary and his call is, we've done it again. <laughs> so this is what the guy gets. Like seven days, you know, I'll do this game. Yeah, I'm going to do BYU and SMU. And he gets to call one of the greatest college football games of all time. So maybe the luckiest guy was the play-by-play guy. Mm. Uh, so it's crazy next for these teams, SMU explodes in 1981. Absolutely explodes. Dickerson explodes. James explodes. It's everybody's exploding. Dickerson well, runs Dickerson, for 19 touchdowns and 1400 yards. And Craig James had 1200 yards and nine touchdowns. This was the, Hey, we are here moment for SMU, but because they're on probation, they couldn't play in a bowl game. They couldn't play for the national championship. And this is how SMU of the early eighties is remembered. The pony express, how good Dickerson and Craig James were and all the corruption that didn't involve an SMU (laughs) becoming a next-level program. The death penalty that came years after for their football program was a really big, it was the biggest story in college football in the early 1980s. This is what happens to SMU as a result. But BYU, they take it in the other direction. Suddenly, BYU is on the national stage. It's all the big teams in college football, and it's BYU. Here they are winning this big game, putting up all these points, and like we said earlier, this culminates in them winning the national championship in 1984 so clearly this game a big jumping off point however smu gets derailed because of the probation and byu continues to grow their legend yeah the legend uh, of when you look at lavelle edwards career from 1972 to 2000 one place mm-hmm. 29 years yep. 257 101 and three and you look at all those double digit win campaigns that started 1979, they go 11 and 1, they go 12 and 1 here, 11 and 2, etc. Like now, think of the payouts and the attempts to lure him away, right? And, and the gamesmanship that would be going on of, come on, except they lived at the Holiday Bowl. I mean, they had a. They had to. They yeah, they had no choice. Reservations every year. Mm hmm. They had to play. They was that's the way it was, and, and this is kind of why they were the first uh, Boise State team of the early '80s. Well, what can we do? How much can we put them into the national championship conversation? You know, and look, and it's if their it, first bowl win. Yeah, if this was too right, big, into two two bowl games yep. before that, and they the lost Fiesta both of them in '74. Yeah, and then they lost in the Tangerine Bowl. I miss the Tangerine Bowl. Tangerine, the tangerine Bowl, bowl. the Blue bowl. Bonnet Bowl. I miss those bowls. Yeah, they got absolutely obliterated by uh, Oklahoma State in the 1976 Tangerine Bowl down in Orlando. Uh, I miss the blue-gray game. Oh, I mean, we've already done a special teams podcast yeah. where I lament the loss of the blue-gray game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Okay. I'll continue to do so. Uh, I mean, it was great for Christmas Day. 
if this was a more widely recognized game that, that, that came to everybody off the top of their heads, it wouldn't need to be propped up. But clearly, the last 40 years of the three best bowl games you could possibly say, it's this game, it's Texas-USC National Championship in 05, and it's Oklahoma-Boise State. A couple of years later, it, that's the order. Those are the games. Those are the yeah. three best bowl games of the past 40. This one sneaks in because it's 1980, but okay. 1980, 2020 is what we're doing. I mean, there's well, other Western blowing yeah. be, beating up on Utah. Yes. At the holiday bowl a couple of years ago was good. I'll say that's number four. Then that'll be the fourth. Okay, best good. Bowl thanks, game thanks for letting that in. Uh, but clearly those are, those are the three. And, and, and that's how BYU was, you know, was able to just, like I said, start their legend, but this game was just so good. And they had another great, year the year after McMahon has one more year and he goes to the NFL you know fifth overall pick of the Bears and he never materialized into being that big pure passer now granted he was never asked to be the savior because he joined a team that had a great rushing attack that was building a tremendous defense so hey don't screw it up and make clutch plays when you have to McMahon's career was then became as a leader he would make clutch plays but for a guy who threw 47 touchdowns this year in college football he never threw for more than 15 touchdowns in a season in the NFL. I mean, I get it wasn't the age of the quarterback, but never more than 15 touchdowns in a season in the National Football League from a guy taking number five overall. Was it worth it for the Bears? Sure. 85 Bears win their legendary. McMahon's a legend, but boy, out of, out of the number five overall pick, that's a quarterback. You kind of want more than 15 touchdowns in a season from, and some years it was 11 touchdowns, 12, nine no, touchdowns. Yeah. He just had, he just never really materialized in that kind of prolific passer. 67 and 30 for his career as a starter. He was 46 and 15 for the bears, about 58% completion rate. Just a little over a one-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. Bottom line is he couldn't stay healthy. You go through the game logs, 83, 14 games, 84, 9 games, 85, 13 games, 11 starts, 86, 6 games, 87, 7 games. You get the point. Uh, Only three more times in his career would he hit double-digit games played, and that was once he was in San Diego for a year, and then a year in Philadelphia and then a year in Minnesota when he started doing the Shaquille O'Neal kind of thing. Mm. We need that veteran quarterback to help bring a guy along who's a good uh, break glass in case of emergency guy. So it went from the Bears to the Chargers to the Eagles to the Vikings to Arizona Mm. (laughs) to the Packers, uh, where, again, he he gets to win again. But it's which is always curious. But yeah, back a quarterback for Favre in '96. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so for all of it, you just he just couldn't stay healthy. But a beloved icon in Chicago. Whenever he does a spot or shows up at a charity event, everybody wants a piece of him. Just because you know that year, I mean, un- unfortunately, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for Bears fans yeah. and for me, other than a Rex Grossman led appearance against Peyton Manning, where the highlight was Prince singing in the rain. Sure. Uh, there, there's not been a lot to cheer about there. <laughs> and, you know, and McMahon also goes down as this is one of the first quarterbacks that teams would say, 
a prolific guy in college in a wide open offense is not going to translate to success in the NFL. And then yeah. quarterbacks like this had to fight against that stigma for a while. And McMahon was one of those first guys, 47 touchdowns, over 30 touchdowns his senior year, through for 77 touchdowns his final two years. And he gets to the NFL and it's okay. He's not the guy we thought he was because he comes from a quirky offense that does things a little bit differently. He's not from one of the power five big conferences. And, and, and that's something that uh, was a general uh, belief by many NFL teams until you started to see guys come out of these spread offenses and, and really light them up in the past few years in the National Football League. All right, so coming off this game, we mentioned some big players, some Super Bowl winning head coaches. How about some where are they now, Mr. Harmon? We go to Vi Sikahema. He is your sports director and anchor NBC 10 in Philly. Got to take the chalk off the He's board. He's been there a long time doing that. Vice oh, that's it. He ran a putback yeah, for a touchdown run. in this game earlier in. We didn't get to talk about him a lot because it was in the first three quarters when BYU was getting drubbed, but he did have a big uh, punt return for a touchdown in this game. Early on. There you go. Scott Phillips uh, would eventually become a fourth-round pick for Seattle. Uh, he's a wealth management advisor for Northwestern Mutual. Uh, Matthew Braga, who we talked about uh, with a big play uh, and one that shouldn't have, uh, he now sells medical devices. So, you know, he, he was able to sell that catch, and now he does the work <laughs> for Medtronic. Hey, listen, I can sell anything. I sold that touchdown in the 80 Holiday Bowl, all right? What do I need to buy? What do you need to buy here? I can sell you anything. <laughs> well, and then you've got Homo, who is the AD at BYU. He was a college football head coach for a while. Yeah, now he's the yep. AD there. Yeah. Six years with the 49ers as a safety and then coached at BYU and Stanford with the 49ers again as a position coach and then at Cal. Uh, and now he's the AD. Uh, on the other side, we look at some SMU. Uh, you mentioned Lance McElhaney, uh, good at the two-step. SVP real estate and contracts for uh, Lincoln uh, Property Company. Michael Charles, a biz systems consultant for McDonald's. Lee Spivey, insurance broker, and then Richard Neely, family trust, private equity, real estate. A lot of guys getting into real estate, yep. you know, taking advantage of those big swaths of land in Texas. Can you tell me that story about the, yes, I will. You're going to buy this house? Yes, if you tell me that story. All right. Where do you want me what to What did begin? you guys really do to get, uh, you know, the penalties? Come on. So there it is. One of the best college football games of all time. At worst, it's the third best bowl game of the past 40 years. That's how big it was. The Miracle Bowl won by BYU over SMU. I'm Jason Smith. He's Mike Harmon. Our show is heard on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. You have an idea for a future special teams podcast? Hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Don't forget, uh, give us a big review here. Give us five stars if you love it. If you hated it, still give us five stars. Uh, we won't tell anybody. We'll talk to you next week on Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... 
or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.